Welcome to the Envious Podcast with me, Lucy Luscious. Me, Naomi Watkins. And me, Katie Pye. And we're Envious. Shall we tell the listeners what this podcast is about? <laughs> yes, from the ashes of Gender Shake Radio. We love Gender Shake, it's amazing. But uh, we felt that we wanted to do something slightly different. Uh, just like a podcast that serves uh, maybe like a broader selection of people, like a slightly broader interest as well. Shall we do a bit of an intro? Yeah. To, to who are you? Who, who, who the hell is Lucy Luscious? Lucy Luscious uh, was born in 2017 um, and she was the, um, the, the she was born out of uh, an obsession with makeup a, a growing obsession with makeup and uh, just a need to express my feminine side so um, she uh, basically Lucy has me I have uh, a quite a big Instagram account now and just I love Basically, I just love makeup. I love, I'm obsessed with it and I want to learn more about makeup. That's what we're all about, you know? It's about loving yourself and, and learning to, to sort of respect and understand what you, what you want to be. And what, what are your preferred pronouns on, for the show? Oh, um, I mean, I go, interesting question. I always go by like, if, if I'm a guy, I tend to just go he. I find it a bit weird if I'm called she, but. Uh, any pronoun really, um, but I guess for the podcast we'll go with she. Naomi, do you want to do do an intro to your yourself? Many years ago, Naomi Watkins was a young up and coming. I don't know where I'm going with this, but basically, Naomi Watkins was uh, <laughs> was born out of wedlock. No, she was born from a desire to express my femininity. Um, but she was essentially I didn't have a specific name I was going for or anything I knew I wanted to start exploring my feminine side more um, and basically at that point in time where she was born I was uncomfortable with having anything vaguely feminine related to uh, my male self so therefore I built up this entire persona online um, including email addresses and everything, and made accounts on um, fashion websites and stuff so I could kind of make uh, wish lists and stuff. Um, so I needed a name for that, and that's where Naomi Watkins came from. It was me trying to come up with a name um, for my female identity. Um, don't really know where the name Watkins came from, but Naomi came from Naomi Campbell because she's hot. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where she came from, really. Um Pronoun-wise, I don't mind either way. I'm kind of like Lucy in that if I'm presenting male, I will go with he-him pronouns. If I'm presenting female, she-her. But I'm not fast either way. Um, use what any, pronoun, any pronouns you feel comfortable using, really. So I'm Casey Pye, uh, or the you, you two have really gone epic in, in your stories. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> yeah, someone who initially started cross-dressing um we're lamborghinis and you're sort of the safe we, kind of uh yeah. fiesta, like aren't you? you're like a corsa yeah a skoda yeti <laughs> i'm not a skoda yeti um well, I, I don't even know what a skoda yeti is a skoda, skoda yeti is a good car okay i'll take your word for it i know nothing about cars uh, or not enough about cars anyway to know what a skoda yeti is i'm katie fire i'm not a skoda yeti 
uh, yeah, started across dressing a few years ago and then obviously realised it was a bit more about my gender identity. Um, so I identify as gender fluid. But um, yeah, I mean, the name the name was, it's, it's sort of a pun. I'm using my surname a little bit, uh, which has like, yeah, P and Y in it. So, uh, and then Katie was a good, I thought was just, yeah, it was like a generic name that would suit someone like me if they were a female um uh so yeah so i just picked katie by but um and yeah and i i yeah i just like enjoy obviously presenting female from time to time um and just other stuff you know just uh hanging out with friends like i am virtually on this podcast yeah you know all it needs to complete this evening right now is a glass of wine which i don't have so yeah I have tea, it's the next best thing. What's really riled me uh, this week is the whole J.K. Rowling thing. And I, you know you can always say J.K. Rowling and everyone goes, everyone in the community rolls their eyes because they go, oh yeah, here we go. Well, it's just a case of what she's done now. She's done so much rubbish in the past couple of months that it's not a surprise when she comes out with more of it. Yeah. So, I mean, for someone who might be listening to this episode really far in the future, and J.K. Rowling's probably had another, another done something else horrible. Another shall we, shall we, yeah. yeah, shall we, shall we, shall we clarify what we're talking about for for the person listening in in yeah. the distant so, future? So, at this point in time, she has released uh, a book, which I believe, give me a second, just trying to find it, um, is the fifth entry in Rowling's. Cormoran Strike series, which is penned under the pseudonym Robert Galbraith. Um, essentially, this one has. I'm not even going to give you a spoiler, right? I don't give a shit. She can fuck off. Um, she's going to get essentially a story where um, it's a 900 page novel, which is an investigation into a cold case, which is the disappearance of a woman in 1974 believed to be a victim of a cis male serial killer whose modus operandi is dressing as a woman. Um, Essentially, the big backlash here is that she's been a known turf for a while, and now she's come out and released a book um, whose entire moral is based off of the whole never trust a man in a dress, which is a well-known turf mentality. So not only has she sort of doubled down on being a bigot, she's now trying to make money off of it in spreading this whole, um, well, completely untrue theory. Um, one thing to note, by the way, is that the idea of a transvestite serial killer or transgender serial killer, who, whoever, is like a, is supposedly a trope, but it's never actually happened. Um, there is a case in Russia where police famously tried to catch a female serial killer or failed to catch a female serial killer because they convinced themselves they were looking for a transvestite. So, essentially, all of this is on the basis of something that is fundamentally untrue. Um, personally, this has given me sort of vibes of what was called what blood libel, I think, in the medieval times, which is what essentially started modern anti-Semitism. It's, again, based off of a rumour which was completely untrue, but people took up on it and got offended and I feel like that is kind of exactly what J.K. Rowling is putting forward here she's sort of publishing this book um, which yes is a fantasy novel however it's a fantasy novel based in the real world for a crime detective 
and she is just reinforcing a turf trope um, which is real and is really kind of highly dangerous um, I, I, for people reading it. I think also um, what was interesting, what I heard recently, um, sort of a theory that someone was speculating on Twitter was that the whole, the, the debates that she's been wading into and the things she's been sort of triggering on on trigger uh, on Twitter at the moment is um, all basically promo for her book. So she's been building up all this kind of stuff so that she can uh, basically launch a book and and her book then gets more publicity and press as a result of it. Um, but I think the interesting thing you're raising there, you, you know, like this is the thing about. Um, uh, sort of turf mentality or like the mentality of lots of people is they think that um, a guy in a dress is not to be trusted um, and I think it's that fear of or lack of understanding again isn't it a lot of the community that sort of community there of people don't necessarily um, it's just like anything else like immigrants or it's like um, generational things as well they fear what they don't understand I think and of course um, there's JK Rowling's uh, back story like her history as well and which a lot of women have also um, had I uh, don't know if one of you two want to go into that a little bit well, further this is my problem with this so essentially uh, was it a couple of months ago she released a letter as to why she was transphobic um, which she blamed on being a victim of sexual assault or rape or whatever, it was some sort of sexual harassment, sexual assault, rape sort of case. I can't remember off the top of my head. But she blamed that on her being this whole um, gender-critical, transphobic, turf monster. Um, but just because you have been affected by stuff like that, which is horrible, I'm not saying it's not, but you can't use that as an excuse to then be a bigot. I think yeah. So I think it was a I think it was abuse by a partner, um, but it was and and the partner was not is not um, as far as as far as obviously everything she mentioned and, and as far as I know, obviously it had nothing to do with the trans community or, or is trans at all. I think they are a cis male. Um, but then yeah, she like I read I actually read her you know horrible essay because I just had to. I don't know, it's like a car crash, isn't it? You can't look away, um, sort of thing. But, um, yeah, and it had, like, stuff like... She she also believes, like, in terms of... Um, for people who are, like, FTM, she, she believes that she's never been... Or she claimed that she was never traditionally feminine, so she thinks that, like, all the sort of trans organisations nowadays would have forced her to transition to a male and stuff. Again, it's this sort of the turf mentality that that often like trans people are there to to get to create more trans people because you know that's that's the whole point of it or something but is um yeah I, as i said i mean before before i think we go into it what one of the things that really surprised me about this story beyond like was um a lot of it naomi i don't know if you you know the answer because i think you've got the story up but they were sort of saying that um in, in every description, it always says that it's about, like, a cis man and stuff. Is that from J.K. Rowling's description, or is that just from...? So, essentially, all of this has come from a book review by Jake Kerridge in The Telegraph, I believe. Um, 
So this review got released at 7am on the morning of the 13th of September 2020 and essentially it's come to light in the last couple of days. Um, but yeah, so essentially this review is not good either. It, it's a pretty scathing review of the book. Um, yeah, so you got three, out, three stars out of five. I'm just yeah. looking at the review. So there. essentially the subtitle of this thing or the review is um, Strike and Robin's fifth outing is good on characterization, weak on everything else, and as a subplot to make Rowling's critics fume. So, yeah, essentially, it's lacking in originality and creativity, um, very ham fisted, and is very bigoted. So, all in all, not a great review. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, as well, I'm, it must be awful to be. Uh, like it must be not awful but it must be do you reckon like jk rowling's like editor just gave up like jk rowling is probably like you shouldn't write this you shouldn't write this it's just gonna make things worse for you and well, she... I, I guess this... like there's a lot of people in the editor editorial community sort of in the industry and publishers and and such i mean essentially money is going to be the driving force and if they think that that's going to make money at the top then i'm sure a lot of people will probably comply i know I know of people. Uh, my one of my exes uh, used to do sort of self like DIY publishing, and so she was often editing books that maybe there were elements that she didn't agree with. Um, but obviously, it was a job for her, so therefore, you know. And 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 at the end of the day, uh, J.K. Rowling could just go and get it published somewhere else. She's got so much money, so so they probably want to keep her custom. If it's uh, if it's Bloomsbury, it might be might not be anymore. They might have dropped her. I don't know, but. Um, I think I, I think so. yeah I think I think some publishing or some like organizations that either like did PR and stuff I've heard of like either the the company's like stopping working with JK Rowling or um, if if the companies don't back down and obviously are chasing that that sweet Harry Potter money um, where staff I think are quitting or um, other clients are leaving those those organizations so so I mean obviously but yeah, as I said, I it, it is just like I don't know. I, I just don't know. like I sort of look at it and I'm like really angry at it. But then also I just I, I, it's almost like she's so rich and stuff. And I just sort of don't really know what like how how like she can be stopped at all. Well, so this... I don't think she necessarily can be. Like obviously she's a person, obviously, so she can sort of publish and write whatever she wants and people will give her a platform because she is J.K. Rowling. She is the writer of the Harry Potter series, um, which made billions. Um, however, at the same time, she is being a massive bigot. But because she's got this platform, her views are being spread across the world. Yes, there are people who have these views, but they don't have the same kind of platform she does. Um, yeah. The one thing I can take out of this is that when J.K. Rowling's original comments came out back in, what was it, March, April time, a load of the Harry Potter actors came out to denounce her views, so that includes Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, Rupert Grint, Eddie Redmayne, Bonnie Wright, Ivana Lynch, Chris Rankin and Katie Lung. Unfortunately, there are some who have come out in support of her, i.e. Robbie Coltrane being the known one, um, or the most recent one I can find. Um, but then again, you've got other people coming out of the complete 
left field that have no ref, no relation to J.K. Rowling as well, coming out swinging for trans rights. Uh, so, old Everton goalkeeper Neville Southall, who is this 61-year-old, like, pretty iconic goalkeeper has come out of nowhere, or a football goalkeeper, who's come out of nowhere swinging. Same with Jedford, of all people. They put a tweet out earlier today oh, this saying so trans good. rights are human rights. Understanding is the first step to acceptance at J.K. Rowling, and only with acceptance can there be recovery. It matters not what someone is born, but what they grow to be. Every human life is worth the same and worth saving. Now, I don't know about you, but that is one of the weirder things of this year. And considering it's 2020... That is a bold claim. Yeah, they were, were they talking about like burning the books on the fire as well, Jedward? I, I I don't know. It's yeah. And they and they're like replying to like loads of other like like Piers Morgan and stuff like that. Yeah, they're they're, um, they're going after Piers Morgan, which is hilarious. Just, oh, Piers Morgan's yeah. kind of tamed a little bit though. I think he's uh, he's a little less. Um, uh, yeah. He can be a bit puppy, like like little little terrier. But to be honest, like he's he's actually pretty. Um, he's mellowed a lot um, in, in a lot of things. I was just going to say. Um, so uh, I think what riled me basically, I I kind of sit in a camp where I think that yes, I, I'm not for cancel culture at all, and I don't think I think people can express opinions if they want. You know, I'm I'm all right with that. I think platforms, yes, we do have to be careful. And I think, you know, giving someone, given someone has like a big following and people that look up to them, you know, it's important what they say and do in every respect. Um, but I was thinking about, um, so going back to in the 60s, Hitchcock obviously directed Psycho. And in Psycho, the killer is, uh, dresses up as a woman. Um, but the killer dresses up and this is where the difference lies here as his mother and i think there's like there's almost like an other context there so it's not about whereas she's making this much more about and the whole robert you know galbraith uh pseudonym as well it's all linked together isn't it it's definitely like a very obvious attack on on that again i i struggle because i I, therefore, the other side of things, I don't think that people should necessarily completely... Like, I think it's down to the individual to kind of decide whether they... How they feel about it, because I don't I don't agree with the idea that maybe, like, you know, things just disappear because that's not going to solve anything. Like, we're going to have to build bridges with people. Um, what I would like to see more of, and this is something that we can talk about further in a minute, is... A better representation of trans and gender fluid people in media and just beyond, because at the moment, um, and and we, uh, we we've talked about privately, we talked about disclosure, haven't we? The the documentary, I I haven't finished it, but I what I did see of it was really interesting, and it's this idea that like trans characters and this feeds into the whole turf debate. You know, it, it a lot of trans characters in in Hollywood and in movies in the past in the '90s were sort of seen as like either jokes or slightly villainous, and and so it, it's the whole documentary. I won't spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it, but 
the whole documentary kind of explores like how you know basically how that affected trans people in the t back back along and and a lot of the key players in the sort of 90s and 2000s uh rise up and sort of talk about their experiences but also how i think they tried to change things as well in that culture um but yeah there's still such a, a sort of uh, like the whole plane is kind of empty of that kind of voice that kind of um, it, we really need more kind of outlets to talk about, especially gender fluidity and things like that. Maybe people understand trans a bit more, but um, but like, well, the whole podcast here, you know, NB, which we haven't really discussed. So if it, if anyone doesn't know what NB stands for, if you're like me and you've been in a cave for a long time, NB stands for non-binary, which obviously means that you you know you're not either or you don't classify yourself as either or gender you kind of somewhere in between and obviously the whole spectrum is all encompassing um and i just think that also media tries to simplify things way too much as well in a lot of tv shows but i think if there was more of a kind of counter argument to jk rowling's kind of media then it would balance it out a bit more but because i don't see that much on tv or I don't see that much on the radio or anything, you know, you don't hear that much on the radio as well. I think it's really difficult to to maybe counter that and create, and, and there's no big players maybe like J.K. Rowling so much writing positive enforcement stories about I, I, th I think there is more coming through now than there has been in the past. Um, like, there are quite a few notable celebrities who have come out as non-binary or gender-fluid or trans. Um, uh, notable people being... Um, give me a sec. I know that uh, Jonathan Van Ness came out as non-binary. Um, Sam Smith. Sam Smith, yes. Uh, Courtney Act. Um, who yeah. else have we got? Cara Delevingne, Miley Cyrus. Um... But but in terms yeah. of sort of books and and media, you know, like a writer mm. like J.K. Rowling who is actually writing characters, but in a positive light. Like if Stephen King, after his comments, so if you don't know, uh, you know, Steve, um, there was a great little exchange between the two of them, wasn't there? Um, that Stephen King was commenting on something J.K. Rowling wrote, and she then went on to lord like. Uh, applaud him and, and love him she said oh you've been my favorite writer for a long time wonderful to be retweeted by you and then somewhere in the comments he wrote trans women are women and now she's completely blocked him and everything else but if stephen king were then to write uh, a story a strong story about a, a trans character maybe it's not his place yet, i don't know um I think you know writers could can do that it's in their repertoire i don't think it's necessarily an issue for someone to write a non-binary or a trans character or, an, or even just a general LGBT character in their story. I think the issue is that they're being completely misconstrued and misrepresented. Um, I think a lot of what people are kind of getting up in arms about, um, about all of this is that the only people who seem to be writing or anything like this are white people. And this all comes down to the fact that um, there aren't enough representation in public bodies, the public consciousness, whatever. Yes, there are more LGBT people, more trans people, more non-binary people coming out, more people of colour, more um, 
well, yeah, basically more of every single minority getting represented in public in the public eye. However, it's still predominantly dominated by cishet white people. So cishet is a shortening of the word cisgender, so the same gender they're assigned at birth and heterosexual, um, which is attracted to the opposite sex. Um, so that is what is traditionally seen as the norm. However, cishet white people seem to be the only people who are making decisions, who are creating new stuff. There isn't enough opportunity and representation for uh, LGBT minorities, uh, people of colour, uh, trans people, anyone like that. I think it's. I think as well though. It's. I. I think media representation is is really important. And mm. Yeah, and and I, I think, I think like although um, although it obviously focuses around primarily around what the movements focus. Pro- uh, focuses primarily around race I think like the Black Lives Matters um, movement especially this year I think it's got a lot of traction in, in people thinking about representation and diversity and, and as I said the, the main focus obviously should be and, and, and is obviously on, on, on I guess the treatment of, of uh, black people especially in western societies but I think um, but I, I, I think yeah I'm hoping I'm, I think it's it, it's more structural because I think the yeah, the people who are high up enough now who are making decisions, I guess they're there. And it's a case of obviously trying to to almost, for companies to obviously look at their representation and maybe there might, because of all the systematic discrimination, there might not be people sort of immediately in, in, in ready to go and move into these roles to go and start being content creators and stuff because they've just been, again, they maybe, that it that field has been maybe pr- primarily white and cis and, and hair and stuff like that where it's um thing so so i think i think some of the media representation i think it's it's obviously it's more i think systematic and i don't know yeah i i think i'm hoping obviously improves and i I know there are some really good there are some like interesting examples of like non-binary representation in in some of the media and stuff like that so like interestingly i've seen actually like a lot more um cartoons targeted at younger people like kids, particularly and stuff that that have trans or non-binary uh, stuff explored in it, which is really interesting. But but yeah, as I said, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. I, I mean, I guess as well, it's like also the representation of people who are non-binary in people's lives. Like, I guess before you maybe sort of interacted with like a, a, a an LGBT group yourself, like did did you like can any of us say that we sort of knew anyone who was non-binary or gender fluid in our our lives prior no um i know from experience yeah no not really i didn't come out necessarily as part of the lgbt community until i left uni um and even then um at uni i didn't really know a huge amount of trans people or non-binary people or whatever um now that i've kind of been more open and part of the community i am meeting more people however that just goes to show that there isn't enough representation of these people we're still hidden in the shadows almost yes there are people who are kind of big names who are representing so like kind of Eddie Izzard, India Moore, Ezra Miller, Cara Delevingne, Miley Cyrus, Grimes of all people, Um, a couple of the drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race have come out as non-binary or uh, pan-gender, gender-fluid, whatever 
Um, so there is representation, but it's still not necessarily on the mainstream stage. Um, I think what I'd quite like to see happen is for there to be more LGBT characters, more non-binary characters, more trans characters played by LGBT, non-binary and trans. I know that is all within LGBT anyway, but more people play characters. I don't want Scarlett Johansson playing another trans man, or I don't want Scarlett Johansson playing a trans woman, or I don't want Scarlett Johansson playing a black woman. Um, yeah, so I, I just want a bit more representation, um, more characters for people to relate to, um, because I don't know what it's like for being an ethnic minority, Katie, but I know there isn't much representation of main, of like main protagonists for minorities in Hollywood and other things like that. So it's yeah. it's kind of even worse. Oh, we're getting better with the the race side of things. But it's even worse for gender identities and um, sexualities. There are very few openly gay or openly trans characters in film. Yeah, I mean the the one question I, I guess I've got is is yeah is um, how do you want it? So I know with um, what you find at the moment um, is with minority like certain things like when there's minorities as main characters or key parts or maybe it's yeah uh, play, playing where, where the story originates from like minority backgrounds so um, there or um, that it becomes almost like the big deal about the movie or about the thing like it, it it's almost like it becomes the headline like this movie is using entirely like these types of actors um, in the same way that I think and I think again it's got a little bit better for this but I think with gay relationships in TV and films where sometimes the gay relationship becomes like a major almost a major part of the character like being gay and stuff like that and, and there's always like there's certain tropes as well like um, I think yeah, there's always gay relationships where there's like a tragic death and stuff like that but, but essentially there's, there's almost like tropes there where it's a key part of someone's story whereas other characters' relationships are just treated sort of more normal. Like, they, they have more depth of character, whereas here it's like their main thing about them is they're gay and stuff. And I, I wonder if... For, I mean, it'd be interesting, I guess, to get... Like, what would... I think, yeah, obviously get more non-binary and gender-fluid and, and trans characters in, in films would be great, but... I, I, I feel like the first reaction of Hollywood will be let's make this like a key part of the story and stuff like that it's it, it almost like yeah it's almost focused around that but I don't know uh, I think I think uh, sorry Katie I, I think also like I'm going on from what you were saying um, I think that the uh, I just want to see a few more characters but I think also like it has to reflect normal life and, and I think you know it, whilst it would be nice to have lots of lots of uh, movies about lots of trans characters and communities and you know uh, um, I definitely think like ethnic minorities you know that should be more of a focus definitely and but um, but I think also just just having like 
two or three films a year or something or like from writers it doesn't even have to be um like a trans focused story or just someone who kind of identify or is good at writing that i just think as a topic it needs to be slightly more visible and i think that and this is the whole point of our podcast here isn't it to kind of break down the walls and some of the ideas that people have about non-binary, gender fluid, you know, uh, the whole umbrella really of people. And, uh, and and I think just having more representation in media, definitely. But, you know, not, not straining it to the point where it just becomes disingenuous as well. And like just sort of a bit of a like token, you know, the, you got the token trans character, you got the token black character, you know, you make them powerful characters i would prefer to see and i know i'm talking from a white male perspective here or sorry white like male slash female perspective um whatever it is i am i don't know <laughs> it's always a confusing thing but um uh i know i'm talking from my perspective here but i just i i, I strongly feel like a film where it is like a black actor or a black person in the lead role um, or it's a trans character and it's a story about them I feel like those are more and they're overcoming something that is a more powerful story than having like Trevor the chip shop man who happens to be black who kind of just stands in the background or like Liv who's sort of non-binary character who pops up every so often I feel like yeah like, I, I'd I don't rather think, see I those I don't think it needs to be I don't think it needs to be yeah but I think it, it's sort of like so there, there are films I, I've not seen it, but there are obviously are films that cover sort of trans people, and, and and actually the key part of the plot is them overcoming stuff. So they've got like stuff like I don't know, like the da- the Danish girl, or um, was it Trans America, or there was another one. Yeah, the, 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 there are like there's media there, and and that's like the whole plot. But it's almost like. I think maybe film is different because I think film you have to tell like a, a really compelling story and a, have a really good narrative and maybe that is like an interesting thing there but you almost also want it and and I think again there, there are TV shows that do this but where you almost have a character in it and maybe being trans is part of the identity but it isn't the only thing there it's like not every storyline is them overcoming um, being trans or, or, or struggling with that it, it's mm. almost like they're they're like um about like a great character. So like I think I think there's one in in, in one of the superhero things at the moment, isn't there? Like is is it Supergirl? I think they've got um someone um who is play. I think it's a, a trans woman in the in the in the thing. It's also played by Nicole uh, Maines, who's a trans woman as well. And I think um uh, yeah, Nal is the character. Yeah, Nal. Yeah, and 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 as said, like it is part of. I think my understanding is that it's been relatively well received because I think obviously there is aspects which are aspects of what she has to overcome, I guess maybe, or of stuff about her being, I guess, trans. But the other the other side of it is she's a superhero and it that like yeah, it doesn't. But it's, doesn't it's the fact that she's trans as a character. She's played by a trans actress, but they don't make the whole her entire storyline the fact that she is trans. Mm. It's just this bit on the side that yes, she's trans. However, she's still this fully fledged character who's not there for comedic effect, which has been my main issue with 
that's the thing, isn't it? Because if you treat if you treat them as an individual when you're writing the show and it's it, and their character develops as a 3D character as opposed to like a 2D character, um, it, you essentially then create a strong uh, kind of presence for someone who happens to identify with that. You know, a, a good example. I know this is really terrible. Actually, this is a really terrible example. But Power Rangers, you know. We all had a Power Ranger we identified with as a kid growing up, or like we all had like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, or we all had like a My Little Pony character or something. You know, there's all these like, that's such a a, a really, really simple way, you know, you, you've got your sort of representing different things. But like, as you grow up and you kind of watch more TV and stuff, you start identifying with different characters. Like, you know, we all do it in shows, don't we? We're like, oh yeah, I'm a bit like that person, or I'm a bit like that person. But, you know, if you're looking at yeah. it on, a, on an issue basis or, like, on, on a, a personality or ethnicity background, then I definitely think that's true, you know. Don't make it, like, so, so much... It doesn't have to be the overriding thing. Um, whilst yeah. that is still welcome, it's it's kind of... It's it's good to have a character that just evolves, really. Actually, that is, that is, that is a deeper thing about a lot of media nowadays and a lot of TV and stuff, is that you just have so many 2D characters, don't you, that don't really develop Yeah, I, I think what all this comes down to is having people who kids can relate to. Like, if there is a non-binary, like a kid who thinks they might be non-binary, might be trans, might be gay, um, or even, like, um, a minority... Um, if they don't have someone they can relate to, they're not necessarily going to have someone to look up to who can help them kind of get through life necessarily. Like I know a lot of trans kids have, they have the highest rate of suicide and the highest rate of suicide attempts in the world because society, they feel like society is against them because there isn't that representation, because it's played off for comedic effect um, because there's high rate of trans murders in various countries around the world, um, because people can get away with it. Um, all of yeah. this comes down to the fact that society is bigoted at its core and there isn't enough um, representation for people who can relate to them so that they feel comfortable being who they are. I know, f talking from... This is a personal sort of thing here, but... If, say, for example, being transgender, being um, non-binary, being gender fluid was a thing I knew about when I was 9, 10, I potentially would have been more comfortable coming out in my teens than I was. I mean, I n never came out in my teens. I didn't come out until I was probably 20, 21. I can't remember now, but, like... If that representation was there and it was seen as a normal thing, I would have felt comfortable to not necessarily, I wouldn't even necessarily have to come out, just to be who I wanted to be, to be a bit more feminine, to feel attracted to who I want to feel attracted to, to not feel guilty for things I can't control, for um, various things like that. It's, it's the fact that all of this, people try to sort of streamline all their kids to be the perfect child or um, to all these people they just want them to be quote normal um, but what is normal no one's normal all these people have 
different things they like and dislike. Just because someone might like something more feminine than others, um, you might have someone who's really into sport, someone who's really into makeup. They could both be straight cis men. What's the issue with that? The issue is that people can't feel comfortable being who they want to be because society says they can't. Mm. Yeah. I yeah. think uh, yeah, I think it's a valid point and yeah. And I mean obviously to 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 link it back to what we were talking about at the start like yeah, society like when you have people who are seen as I don't know, celebrated within society like JK um rallying um yeah, it probably makes it even worse when they're spouting hate. Like, yeah, one thing I noticed the other day was like, like you often see. I was reading like a BBC News article, and there was one bit where it was like, um, it was talking about like celebrities that signed like a letter or a petition to the government, and it was always like there was been 136 celebrities, including J.K. Rowling, that signed it, and she's she's sort of got that much pull there, but then. Yeah, and, it, and it, yeah, it's also yeah, when that letter, by the way, with J.K. Rowling signed, so many people remove their signatures from it because J.K. Rowling signed it. Like yeah. it just goes to show that she doesn't have as much pull as she thinks she does, um, which yeah. is a good thing. Yes, really. or she or she has a she repulses. <laughs> she has a yeah. She puts people yeah. off. They don't want to be associated with her because she is such a bigot. Yeah, I'm hoping that. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that this is like the the like a positive thing as a result of this her, like Alaya's novels that more people it, it almost gives like yeah she's probably like I don't know it's it's, it's almost like you know with, with, with right wing and populism politicians and stuff where where they split where they deliberately split the room like there'll be people who absolutely love them they're like Marmite people she's like a Marmite person so all like the terse I wouldn't even say it's people. Marmite it's like dog shit the only people who eat it are dogs or flies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, essentially, yeah, she's obviously <laughs> appealing to her, like, core, but yeah, and then the other people are like, oh my god. Um, and then there, there are obviously some people who are like, oh, I'll deny, I'll, I'll, I'll pretend that that's not there, but I mean, I, I guess, like, in terms of obviously representation in the media, I think that's one thing. I mean, I don't know, is there anything that you feel that we, we, we can do as people who are non-binary um who to go and do more to i think like obviously be to help i guess like with representation in society because i think i think there's it's two parts there's obviously media representation which usually it's obviously societal representation on a large scale but i think there's obviously a lot that i guess people who are comfortable can do to go and make i guess make the make there. I think the first thing that we can do is get to 10,000 subscribers on the podcast <laughs> and grow very big on Instagram. So don't forget to follow and whatever you, wherever you're listening to us right now, do, do join us because uh, we'll be doing lots of podcasts like these. Um, yeah. But the other thing is, I think uh, we're doing it now. We're, this, is, this is what we do, you know, that we, we set aside time to do the podcast but also all three of us are doing our little bits. Like Katie, you um, were at work the other day, weren't you? You did your radio show and you were, um, you, you know, you stood up and you did an interview for, for the internal um, company, didn't you? Um, and you Yeah, know, yeah. You know, I yeah, so that went out to a thousand employees, which actually was quite good. But, but yeah, yeah, I think small things like that maybe, yeah, can, 
I think I think it's that whole thing about ripples, isn't it? And you know, if the three of us are, um, you know, we talked about. Um, uh, we, obviously, we came to your birthday, and um, Naomi and I both dressed up, and we were both on the train. Just small little bits like that, even you know, on a daily basis, it just starts to normalise things. And people, you know, they always say like, when you get to London, people don't look at you oddly if you're dressed weirdly or whatever and that's because they're just so subjected to it that they don't really care and I think uh, the reason why there's often like this sort of liberal kind of elite idea going on spouted sort of in the cities is that it's kind of a different world because people are so uh, it's just so much freedom to kind of do everything having come from a town myself in in rural uh, southwest of the UK you know it's it even just going to somewhere like Bristol is it's just so different it's like it's studenty obviously so you've got that element of youth you know people leaving their towns and cities towns and villages for the first time and, and leaving their parents and discovering other people like them there's obviously a greater number of people so there's going to be just loads more stuff going on but also uh, because there's so many people doing different things that are often away from the norm it kind of normalizes all of that so it makes it so much easier to, to do it yeah yeah that's uh, that's really well put um cool i think we've come to a natural conclusion there shall we end the first yeah. episode of our podcast don't forget to rate and review our podcast on your podcast stream and if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, we are MBS Podcast. If, if you would like to kind of give us a recommendation or to potentially even come on the show, please do message us at NBS Podcast. So that's E-N-B-Y-O-U-S Podcast, all one word on Instagram. And if you have any questions for us, then don't forget to email us at mbspodcast at gmail.com. You said envious, it's envious. Uh, you need I, to get this. Near me, I have to remember a lot of things. It's alright, I can edit it together.